It is Tuesday, November 15th. I'm Scott Seiden. And I'm AJ Hoffman. The 72 Dolphins pop the champagne. And the Champions Classic tips off today. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Washington Commandos take out the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday Night Football. The Major League Baseball Rookies of the Year were announced. And the Champions Classic tips off today. What is the Vegas lead, Scott? It's the Philadelphia Eagles suffering their first loss of the 2022 season. 32-21, the final score. We welcome in Steve Fezzik, the only two-time winner of the Super Contest. Fez, you were on the commandos, as you like to call them, plus the double-digit points. Did you think they had a chance to win outright? No, of course not. The um, I, I want to I bitch about this game. Please, because I do as well. And, and, and here's why. This happens all the time where a team is a big underdog and then you, you, the final score lands right on the number, but the wrong freaking team wins. So this happened with Indianapolis. They beat the Raiders by five. Well, the spread was five. But you can't middle a game when the underdog wins outright. And so here's – imagine this game closes 11. All right? There's 10 and a halfs. There's 11 and a halfs. If you're a shopper – if the favorite won by 11, every single sharp better in the world would have cashed. Now, personally, I'm pissed because during the summer, I bet the Eagles. I bet the Eagles in this game minus three. I bet the Eagles in the look-ahead lines, like back in early September, minus three and a half, minus four, and minus four and a half. And then they stopped. So I have this world's greatest portfolio. And then, well, yeah, I, play, I, I played the commandos plus the 11. Sure, I played some plus 10 and a half plus money and some plus 11 and a half. But, um, you know, frankly, that was the side I was worried about cashing. I'd already banked the Eagles. I'd already, already painted my house with the Eagles. <laughs> yeah. Minus three and a half, and now, I've got, now the paint is on me. Yeah, well, uh, really just kind of a, a crazy game. The Eagles jump out ahead as they are want to do this season. Uh, Taylor Heineke makes a, a mistake early in the game, fumbles the ball. The Eagles capitalize right away. And then the Eagles offense just kind of goes to sleep. Uh, goes to sleep? They didn't. They weren't ever on the field in the first half. The Eagles' offense uh, wasn't fair. on the field. No, you, that's a good point. So maybe it's maybe I'm uh, cl- I'm I'm describing it wrong. But they they did they certainly weren't scoring any points from they the sideline. They went to sleep on the sidelines because they were so bored. Because Washington held the ball for the entire first half. The Eagles in the first half had the ball for six minutes. That's unreal. That's how you win a football game is you – they say it all the time, right, Fez? Like, keep the other team off the field, right? You want to keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands. You want to keep the ball out of Tom Brady's hands. The commanders did not allow the Eagles' offense on the field in the first half. It, um, it's a strategy that has not worked for my Northwestern Wildcats, but they employ it <laughs> seemingly every week. I mean, listen, the, the commandos – commanders, 3.1 yards per carry. It's not like they had a dominant run game. What were they doing right is the question. Is, is what, what, was, what did they do that's repeatable for another team? You know, it's interesting because I'm not an X's and O's guys, but if, if you had watched, when I was watching this game, if they had just switched jerseys, I would have said, yep, 
uh, Eagles a much better team, you know, pushing them around because it sure felt like, you know, the Eagles got a cheapo touchdown. Okay, the Commandos got a cheapo one to end. Mm-hmm. But you could argue that Washington was just the better team for throughout the game, right? Yeah, but the Eagles still had their chances. So after they score the Devontae Smith birthday boy touchdown last night, uh, 23-21 is the score in the fourth quarter. The Eagles still had opportunities to get back in this football game and even win this football game. That's where this game completely flipped, in my opinion. And it was absolutely bizarre. Because the Eagles, there was the non-face mask, face mask call. On the Goddard fumble. On the Goddard fumble. There was, this is after the interception, by the way. Heineke threw threw a terrible pass. Goddard got injured on that play? He, he, I don't know. Yeah, I think he came back into the game eventually, but yeah, left the game. AJ yeah. Brown, same thing, got injured, came AJ, back. Yeah, AJ Brown was a ghost. Was a, was a no show. Yeah. His his over under was like seventy three yards. Yeah, well, he got hurt earlier in the game and, and sixty six more, yeah, which also I think impacted the Devontae Smith over. And we're going to talk about Smith's receiving total in ju- just a minute here. So the Eagles, the Eagles fumble on a play that should have been called a fifteen yard face mask, and if that's called correctly. They march down the field. Maybe they take the lead. And by the way, there needs to be a rule change where when they review those plays. Everything like, in the play should be reviewed. It, it's yes. tough. Strongly to disagree. No. There's holding, there's holding well, on every We're talking about personal play. fouls. About like 15 A face penalties. mask will, will cause a fumble. Like it, that, There's no doubt that that could be a, a key factor and in this a fumble. And this isn't a new idea. Remember, after the Rams debacle in the, in the playoffs with the non-pass interference call, right? They made a rule change that you can challenge pass interference. You could review pass interference. It only lasted one season. Yeah, holding and PI are realized judgment calls. But I think when you are reviewing a play like this, everything about the play should be reviewable. And that means a 15-yard face mask penalty should be enforced after the review. No. These, I, I, I'm, it's freezing cold. I don't want to be waiting in the stands four hours. The baseball games last too long. I don't need... Hey, we don't. It's 17 games long. If it costs you a game, so be it. You know, you've got plenty of other games you can win. Let's um, speed up the play. Games take too long. So let's talk about what happened after that. Okay, so after the fumble, the Eagles' defense holds Washington to a field goal. Great job. They're down 26-21. Jalen Hurts then makes an incredible throw down the field to Quez Watkins, who tumbles after the catch, but is not touched down. He gets up, is hit, and fumbles the football. Now Washington has the ball again. Did he anticipate the hit, or did he think the play was No, he, did, he, he, thought, he thought he was yeah. going to go to the end zone. Yeah, he, he got up and thought he was going to the house. Oh, okay. So then Eagles defense does their job, three and out. They get the ball back, and this is where Nick Sirianni, in my opinion, lost this football game. Well, first of all, there's a lot of re- – Nick Sirianni just did not have a good game. Fourth down and 13, Eagles have the ball at their own 17-yard line. Fez, I got, you're the one I got to talk to about this. How much time's left? There is two minutes – a little. it's before the two-minute warning because what happened was there was a penalty which made them actually redo the punt. So let's call it – it was 230-220 around there in the game. They have all three timeouts and the two-minute warning. They're down by five? They're down by five. They punt the football on fourth and 13 from their own 17-yard line. Horrendous. What wound up happening was there was a penalty, which made them re-punt it 
right? Yeah, I think it was then, illegal man downfield yes. on a punt. And then, well, because the punter wanted to avoid the blocks. Yeah, so he, he ran around up running like for a little Aussie bit. style, yeah, like an Aussie style punt. And so what happened is after they punted with the return, it actually overlapped the two minute warning. So the Eagles lost one of their free stop. Mm. Well, their free stoppage of the clock. Nick Sirianni lost this game there. Bottom line. You have to go for it. It's so obvious, and here's why it's obvious. If you bet the money line on Washington, Mm -hmm. if you asked 100 intelligent people, you bet the money line on Washington, what would you like the Eagles to do? Please, God, punt the ball. Yeah. Please. In fact, I'll give you 55 yards. Take uh, No, 60. I'll give you 60 yards. Just don't. Give them 80 yards. 80-yard punt. 80-yard punt. punt. (laughs) You see where I'm going. Now, now, The only way that you're losing that game is if you pull a Josh Allen and Buffalo Bills and fumble it. The only way you you lose (laughs) is everything has to go wrong for you to lose. Yeah. Whereas if they go for it on 4th and 13th, yeah, it's unlikely that they get it. But you know what? You don't win if they fail. Now you're stuck on the 17. You know, you're not going to score. You're going to kick a field goal. And now Philly gets the ball back and they're down eight. They're That's still the alive. Thing. That's the thing. Now, if, now, the goal, if it had been six, if uh-huh. the differential six, we can have a conversation. Of course. I still go for it, uh, well, but we so can have a conversation. But this is the point is that when you are evaluating what your options are here, you have to talk about what your goal is. Your goal is no matter what. By punting or by failing the fourth down conversion, your goal is to stop them going three and out and right? it, on and, defense. And it goes so back. If either way, you're asking your defense to stop them for three plays. There's no difference between stopping them three plays at your own 17 and holding them to a field goal or stopping them three plays and getting the ball back at midfield because either way, you still need eight points. Now, why easier. do I say you still need eight points? Because when they're down by five, if they score a touchdown, they have to go for two to make it a three-point game. They're not kicking an extra point. So the eight points is always what the goal is on offense. And, and the bottom line is you, you, you do a Monte Carlo simulation, you run it 50,000 times through the computer, it spits out what you should do. All right, that's what the analytics people do. Or, as I like to say in situations like this, you sharp fifth grader solve by inspection and <laughs> just say, what does your opponent want you to do? And then you do the opposite. They could have gotten 13 yards. They could have gotten a defensive holding penalty. Why not run the hook they and ladder? Could have, the hook and ladder always. What is that, when does that play ever failed? Have you ever they seen that play fail? A couple times. Yeah, you know why it fails? Because of execution. The guy is always wide open. Sometimes the lateral is unsuccessful because he drops it. They I've never also, seen the dude tackled. They could have also had a brain fart on the Washington defense, and maybe Washington intercepts the ball down the field. And guess what? It works out like a punt anyway. So there's so many different positive scenarios that could happen by going for it there on fourth by, down. By the way, I, I thought they lost the game right there. I think what's underutilized is to put out the Hail Mary formation. And you're, I know you're not really going for a Hail Mary, but it confuses the defense. You, what, what's going on? What's, going, <laughs> what's not get beat deep? And, be, and then before they realize what happens, you run three guys deep and one guy curls back and you do the out pattern for the 15 yards. You mentioned laterals. Let's talk about what happened at the end. The Eagles did get the ball back with, you know, to eight seconds left or whatever. And they run a pass play. It's lateraled to Devontae Smith, who throws the ball backwards trying to pitch it around. It's picked up by Washington. They run it into the end zone. Meaningless touchdown unless you tease the total down, which I, I don't like teasing totals. Or if you live wagered Or if you live wagered the under, whatever. Or if you played the fourth quarter, because the fourth quarter line was, was two and a half to three. Mm. And uh, the Eagles were up seven to three. So the Eagles were covering 
the yeah. fourth quarter until the final play. You know, that could be the worst bad beat. Maybe you had a no defensive score in the game. No defensive score. And you laid the juice. Minus 300. And, that, and yeah. that's what I Sorry. just lost. But this is the crazy part about this. When a player fumbles like that on a lateral, it goes against their yardage. So for Devontae Smith, who had 53 receiving yards, Uh-oh. where his total at some books was 52 and a half, because of the fumble, he finished the game with 38 receiving yards. It's not good. Why is this, no. why is this bringing up uh, PTSD for me? If you remember earlier in the year, I had a Travis Etienne over receiving yard prop. Yeah. Oh, and, yes. he, and he got popped and the ball went backwards eight yards yeah. and out of bounds. And those eight yards on the fumble wound up counting against his receiving well, yards. Now, wait a minute. He went did, under. Did this, did this count against the Jalen Hurts pass yards? And was he not, like, lined in the high one? Well, he would have been in the 200s. So he, he was in matter. the 200s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, well in the 200s, obviously. I'm curious – you know, and I, I lost my best bet on this game, Fez. I, you weren't here yesterday when I made it. I'll run it by you now, and you tell me if my logic was sound. I said Taylor Heineke over 33 and a half pass attempts. What kind of a scenario would it be where the commanders aren't having to throw the football? This was the game. It was this perfect storm of a game where Taylor Heineke lands on 29 uh, pass attempts instead of 34. It, it's a game where... The, they held the ball the entire time, and the Eagles' offense was never on the field to do any damage. You know, the irony is, obviously, I like your bet. The um, Heineke, I believe, was like plus 44 pass yards against Hertz, and he won by 44. So you Much like the final score. On the head-to-head, you won by 90 yards, and somehow he didn't. the dude doesn't get to his, to his number of attempts. Yeah, very, huh. very uh, disappointing uh, result. But I'm curious how you adjust the Eagles and the commanders in this game. Uh, this, this was a, here's the other, the other thing that I think needs to be said. Taylor Heineke should be the starting quarterback of the Washington. hundred percent. Like, it's, it's not even, there, it's there's not even a question. I'm sorry, Carson Wentz. You've, you've been usurped. Uh, he's just better. He's not a, even a question. So I, I to me, that's got to change, but the commanders are a viable team with Taylor Heineke. They're like a, they're. They're not total garbage. Uh, you know, their defense is solid. They can run the ball. Heineke played a really good game. I, I'm I'm kind of excited to see what he can do going forward. So, Commanders take on the Texans next week. They'll be I bet eight. they win. It's probably going to be a, <laughs> a, a, a safe bet, being as how bad the Texans are. Uh, it might be a game where we're back on the Commanders bandwagon. We might have to be. Might have to be. <laughs> Where did you have the commanders before this game, Fez? Washington, 26th best team, minus three. Um, Knee-jerk right now, I'll upgrade them a point, which Mm -hmm. would move them up. Oh, with your New York Giants in the 21st slot. Wow. Now, you know what? That doesn't feel right. It feels like the Giants are better. Um, So maybe only upgrade Washington by half a point. I'll have to look at the box scores. Or maybe just admit that your number's a little off on the Giants. No, my number's spot on on the Giants. (laughs) But honestly— Phony went against the Texans. You never know. Like, the Giants haven't played the Commanders yet. We don't know what the spread's going to be like for both of those games. But the Giants have the Lions and the Cowboys coming up next. And the Commanders have the Texans and then the Falcons. Those are two winnable games for the Commanders. And if the Giants go one and one, and the Commanders now go two and zero, oh, we have a seven and five Commanders team, an eight and three Giants team, 
I'd be curious what the line is. Right now, the line, line's both. minus one Giants at home. Doesn't matter. They both stink. <laughs> well. The Giants are wait. The, the Giants are minus one. Giants minus one hosting, at home. Hosting Washington. Yeah, that's wrong. That can't be right. Well, who 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 has it? Who authorized Caesars? That All right, I'm going to bet that. So Caesars and bet online. Were you betting the Giants or? We're betting the Giants. We're betting the Giants minus the one. Yeah, well, although we'll just take you, Giant money line. Maybe you could maybe you could argue that the Giants only have a one for a home field advantage. But the Giants. Well, I just said that. Well, it's interesting. I said we're betting this, and then I'm thinking about this. I'm like, well, Fez, you just said they're equal teams. And the Giants' home field is only worth one. So you just set the line, Giants minus one, and now you want to bet, 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 bet. That's wrong. One. So and I'm laying minus 110, so I don't think I'm going to do that. As In contrast to happy to say I had plus 10 out, plus 107. Yeah, there you go. And a private yeah. bet. So I, I that. saw that private bet go down behind the scenes. That's always mm. <laughs> fun to watch that sausage made. Let me ask you, did you make or or what was your biggest adjustment, if any, based on these Week 10 games? Lot of action. Um, one second. I got it right here. Biggest adjustment was Raiders. I've lowered you downgraded the Raiders. More, I, yeah. I, oh no, Raiders minus two, and Colts are plus three because the Colts got got every possible upgrade because now they have a quarterback again. They have a they have a quarterback again. They have a running back again. They have a viable coach, which I was unaware of. Um, and their season is saved. So there's a whole lot to like about the Colts. So they got the biggest upgrade. I think I'm going to ask you about two teams. One, I think you should have downgraded. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you did. One, I think you should upgrade. Where are the Kansas City Chiefs? Upgraded by half a point. Okay, I think that's right. Dominating I, the stats. Oh, well, we hit our timber moment. The tree has fallen in the forest, and everyone hears it. Kansas City is the best team in the NFL. It's starting to feel that way. Plus 350. Now they're they are the shortest shot to win the Super Bowl. Bills are plus four fifty. Eagles, now you can get plus five fifty. What about the New Orleans Saints? Saints got downgraded by a full point. Good. And Finally, someone realized this team stinks. This team stinks. This team is, um, you know, this is a team that got bet up from seven and a half to nine for their season win number. The betters got it right. They adjusted. The Saints win total by one and a half. They just got it. The, the direction was wrong. I, I think bet it down to six. The reason you know why that that number went up is everybody was looking around saying Tampa's down. Who picks up these wins? Mm-hmm. And it turns out no one. Atlanta, Atlanta Atlanta's better than expected, but the, the Saints are bad. The Panthers are bad. Like it, it's just sometimes every every team in the division can be bad. Well, Tampa is in first place, and if they were in the NFC East, they would be in last place. It's, it's unbelievable. It's that simple. What about Miami and the upgrade on them after this? Full week? one point. My, I was even tempting to make them one and a half. Two is the real deal. Um, you know, we hear this all the time. Oh, the sharp money was on the Cleveland Browns. People, let me tell you this. Not stop, my money. Stop not with this either. nonsense about sharp money. You know what? Every effing line move is not sharp, okay? Just say there was money. On the Browns and stop with the respected money. The, the Las Vegas bookmakers don't have most of them don't have the acumen to determine what's sharp and what isn't sharp, or what's respected and what isn't respected. If um, if um, Superman three guy uh, Richard Pryor Richard Pryor goes to the window <laughs> and bets five hundred thousand dollars on a game, I want five hundred thousand. That would be surprising. That would be res- as he's very dead. 
in the old Stardust Invitational, J.J. Walker, Dynamite, who I believe is alive, I hope, because he makes infomercials. But he um, he used to compete in the Stardust Invitational. He actually was was a sharp guy. So he was sharp, respected money. He would give out CFL plays. They oh, changed, nice. They, they changed the rule. They disallowed CFL plays. It was it, it was it, it was the, the the Dynamite rule. Oh, they, they no longer allowed it. Haters. Did Haters. You see, did you see what uh, Jeff Benson from Circa tweeted out earlier uh, love, yesterday? Love Jeff Benson. What did he tweet? He said, to all of our betters at Circa Sports, please stay away from all the NFL lines we hung for next week. They are absolutely riddled with traps, fishiness, reverse line movement possibilities, inflated bet percentages. Watching the guys randomly pick these numbers to lure you all was gross. <laughs> so a Circa story, They, um, I, I bet Jalen Hurts under 42.5 for rush yards, which won. But unfortunately, uh, then I got some information someone else I knew like liked him over, and I went back and I shopped it again. And guess who had the best number? Circa mm. at forty and a half because they moved two yards. So I played at Circa at over forty and a half, and um, that's the beauty. Uh, the beautiest thing about Circa is like absolutely all counts towards your comp credit. Keep keep firing, do whatever you want. Whereas if I tried that maneuver against some other books. They literally would look at me like I'm from Mars. And in this day and age, to oh, think of, if you bet both sides, both sides the same book, yeah, which okay. is ridiculous because yeah. that's all people do during live wagering is is, is to like mm-hmm. lay three, take seven. I mean, it's like, how can they be so upset about? I just don't get it. I don't. I these these old school fossil, often Hall of Fame sports <laughs> I betting. See what you did there, yeah, in the sports betting Hall of Fame. You know what? Here's my rant. I'm gonna may I rant. Please. There's a sports betting Hall of Fame. Let me do an analogy. There's a poker Hall of Fame. Guess who's in the poker Hall of Fame? Poker players. Poker players. You know, still not dealers. Yes. Not 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 pit bosses. Not administrators. Not casino owners. People that play poker and that are really good at it. Imagine that. Imagine that. You know, Phil Ivey belongs in the poker Hall of Fame. My friend, Nolan Dalla. Great guy. You know, used to be the World Series of Poker spokesperson for years. Nolan gambles. Nolan does not complain that he's not in the Poker Hall of Fame. Maybe he should be. Maybe he shouldn't be. You know, there's a Blackjack Hall of Fame. Guess how many Blackjack uh, casino owners and Blackjack dealers are in the Blackjack Hall of Fame? I'm going to guess none. 0.0. So, Sports Betting Hall of Fame? Okay. Is uh, Billy Walters in the Sports Betting Hall of Fame? I don't believe he is. How about Alan Boston, famed be- college basketball so. better? How about that Vulgus Heralgus guy that like made a fortune betting NBA first half? How about the guy only two-time super contest? Didn't he get, a, didn't he get a job with the team or whatever that guy? Yeah, yeah. yeah it made it pissed off all the Dallas. <laughs> how about the only guys. two-time super contest? Uh, you're, you're, I'm not, this isn't about me. <laughs> but I'm just you're right. Uh, how about Jeopardy James, a guy that single-handedly wrote, rewrote the rules to, uh, to, to Jeopardy about how you know what. If I'm going to get the questions right 85% of the time, maybe I should wager that on the Daily Double more than $500 and wager like two-thirds of my bankroll because I'm just going to get it right and recognize, you know what? In Final Jeopardy, if I'm in second place, I won't bet at all because I know the person above me is going to bet just enough to lock me up by $1, so I'll bet optimal. Not that that happened very often because he always had the lead, and he wouldn't go, I will take German history in the 18th century, please, for 400 he just says German 400 and he, and speeds things along so he gets every clue 
you know, um, he also revealed. started at the bottom of the board. We'd go for the thousand. Right, because he first. lost. The only way he could lose is if his his incompetent, dumb, dumb opponents happened and nailed the daily double. So he he so it's 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 almost like battleship where you're searching for the aircraft carrier and you you know about where it has to be on the corner of the board. And he goes after it and gets rid of the the big dollar amounts. I'm sorry, game theory. Jeopardy James <laughs> is tremendous. For those who didn't know. He is, um, I, I, although I've never run in the same circles, a professional sports better or was before he started making m- much more money from his current gig. Is there, is there a side or a total on next week's board that has jumped out to you that there's some value on? Sure. So I gave this, I'll give one I gave out to my clients. Okay. Uh, Indianapolis Colts. Uh, I, I gave it up plus nine. You saw that. Um, and, you know, I was talking to the hitman about this. And I think this is a pretty strong thing that if you like a side, and your team isn't playing on Monday Night Football, but their opponent is, and you already like it. You got to bet it now. Got to bet it now because, because it's going to move. Because the injuries are only in your going to go in your but direction. Do you think that this? Oh, it's definitely it's already moved. Uh, yeah, because the Eagles losing and the Colts winning, it's it's everyone. One team looks good, the other team looks bad. Well, it's also what's going on with AJ Brown, like mm-hmm. like exactly. Saying, like they, You're not going to get good injury reports from tonight's game. Right. Only only now your performance might be good, it might be bad. That's going to be 50-50. But where it's really going to benefit you is that you can get injuries. Hurt Hurts could have gotten injured, but but the Eagles had two key guys get hurt. Goddard got hurt. Um, is it key? I don't know. AJ Brown certainly key, and I would expect this line's going to be down to six and a half now. Is it is it back up yet? Uh, I believe it's at eight. Then bet plus eight because I plus eight would be. Um, I think it's going to be six and a half. So I don't. Yep, currently eight. Who's got the eight? Uh, bet online. Bet on bet. Uh, bet bet online. Circa Westgate all have mine. Or they all have eights. That is my official best bet for the AM here. Take the Colts plus seven and a half or more. Yes. Okay. There you go. So uh, if you can get eight, get eight. But seven and a half and up is a buy from Fezic. Fez, thanks as always for joining us. At, uh, on the Tuesdays after Monday Night Football, we'll let you get home, watch the watch the second half of the game, maybe get a couple hours of sleep. We'll see how how it works out for you. But we appreciate it as always. Well, buddy. thank you very much. And if you um, if you see me put up the Eagles Colts best bet, and I sell that for twenty three dollars, save yourself twenty three dollars. It is the Indianapolis there Colts. There you go. As the Major League Baseball awards get announced, I, I still don't like the way that they do this. They wait until a time where no one cares about it to start unveiling these awards one by one by one. The rookies of the year were announced yesterday in the American League. Julio Rodriguez received 29 of 30 first place votes. The only other player receiving a first place vote was Adley Rutschman of the Orioles. And in the National League, Michael Harris beat out his teammate Spencer Strider of the Braves, and he wins the National League Rookie of the Year. He got 22 first-place votes. His teammate Spencer Strider got eight. What gets announced today? Later tonight, it'll be the managers of the year that are announced in the American League. Your finalists, Terry Francona of the Guardians, Brandon Hyde of the Orioles, Scott Service of the Mariners in the National League, Dave Roberts of the Dodgers, Buck Showalter of the Mets, Brian Snitker of the Braves. So manager of the year is tonight. And then uh, tomorrow, it'll be the Cy Young Award winners in both leagues. The MVP awards will be announced 
coming up Boy, on they are dragging Thursday. this out, huh? Yes. So on Thursday, we will find out that Aaron Judge beats out Shohei Otani and then let the debates begin once again. <laughs> it's criminal, I tell you. Criminal. The Champions Classic tips off tonight and will start with Kentucky and Michigan State. This is... Listen, I would if you'd asked me a week ago, I wouldn't have thought much about Michigan State here. What they did to Gonzaga, like taking them to the wire, mm-hmm. really kind of opened my eyes about them. I think they're a much better shooting team than what they showed in that game. I don't think anybody was going to be making a lot of shots in that game, especially in hindsight. Here's what's going on with Kentucky, though. Damian Collins, Oscar Shibwe, neither have played in the first two games this year. Both are expected to play tonight. Uh, Savion Wheeler didn't play the first game and a half, played the second half of the Duquesne game, very limited minutes. So trying to work three new pieces in mm. in a situation like this doesn't seem ideal. You can get six points with Sparty. It's the only way I could look in this game. I normally don't like to bet Michigan State. Izzo teams early in the season don't do well. But with everything that's going on in Kentucky and them trying to work new pieces in, This feels like a bad spot for them. What do you think? I always lean towards taking the points, though, in some of these games between these two big schools, nationally televised. Kids get up for this. Kids don't get up for buy games against crappy, you know, FBS schools. And, yeah, I still call them FBS even though it's college basketball. You understand what I'm trying to say. People don't get up to play against those teams. You get up in a nationally televised game against the number four team in the nation. Well, there's sixes. There's six and a halfs out there. So if you like the points, uh, make sure you shop around. In the nightcap, Duke and Kansas, and this boils down to me. I believe both these teams are bringing in a bunch of new pieces, mm-hmm. a bunch of bunch of guys being replaced from last year's team. Kansas lost four out of their five starters, uh, but to me, early in the season, I'm going to lean to the team that I think plays more defense, and I think Duke is going to be more defensive minded. So I in the in the last game, I, I I'm leaning towards Duke catching a point and a half against Kansas because I, I think early in the season it's a lot easier to figure out your defense than it is to start figuring out how to run your offense properly. So I always feel this way about Duke, and I know it's different now because obviously Coach K is not there, but I love Duke in these games early in the season as opposed to later in the season. Look at what they did to Gonzaga last year in a game here in Vegas, right? That was a marquee game against number one team in the nation. They win that one outright. For, uh, early in the season against Kentucky last year in a neutral site, they win that game. Uh, so I, I just I like Duke in these early season marquee matchups against you know ranked opponents. Switching over to college football, we've got two games in Maction tonight. The first one, the Ohio Bobcats at Ball State, Ohio minus four. And it's opened at four and a half, so there's some ball money coming in, which is surprising and makes me a little scared of the game, uh, given that Ohio's played so well of late. Ohio's the hottest team in the MAC right now. They are the team to beat, it looks like. Why are they only giving four? Why were they giving four and a half yesterday? Now they're only giving four. What is happening here? That alone is enough to make me at least pause because it feels like this is a great spot for Ohio, but that that money coming against them worries me. So this is this is the best time for the in the year for me to bet college football because I love betting on mission teams. Mission teams meaning there's something to achieve here. Ball State has five wins on this season. They need one more win to become bowl eligible. 
They have this game at home against Ohio, and then next week they go on the road to Miami of Ohio. I think they want to win this game at home. It's more comfortable for them, obviously, at the home in the home with the crowd. This is their chance to get this sixth win and be bowl eligible and not leave it up to the last week of the season on the road. I think this is where they leave it all on the line and they gain bowl eligibility. Also, I mean, watch out for Miami because if Miami beats Northern Illinois, well, then Miami Ball State, Miami could get that sixth win. So I think Ball State looks for that sixth win tonight as opposed to next week. Well, then you'll probably be interested in this Bowling Green Toledo matchup as well. Bowling Green at five and five. Uh, they are 16-point dogs on the road at Toledo. Next week, Bowling Green will be on the road at the aforementioned Ohio, mm. who I just said is the, the hottest team in the MAC right now. So Bowling Green probably feels like, hey, we need to get this one. 16-point dog or not, this has to be go time for us. Uh, does it, I mean, getting 16 points in a, in a game that I, by the way, would probably lean under if anything yeah. in this game. Uh, Sixteen points feels like a lot, and like you said, a team who's who's desperate to get bowl eligible. Is that the way you'd look tonight? It is also because Toledo doesn't have anything to play for. Toledo has locked up their. Um, well, I guess no, no, they, yeah, they, they're already guaranteed. Toledo's in the MAC championship game. They've won the MAC West. So they have this game against Bowling Green, their final game of the season at Western Michigan, and then they'll play the MAC championship game. Kind of think, kind of feels like it's a uh, not go through the motions type game, but it just kind of feels like it's a it's the end of the season here. We we are already accomplished what we set out to accomplish. Let's get ready for this championship game. The thing that worries me: Bowling Green's offense is in the toilet, S- under seventy five passing yards the last two weeks. Yeah, well, they're not a good team. I didn't no. say I didn't say it was a good team. <laughs> Just said it was a good betting spot. So there you go. Uh, if you're into Maction, there is some some meaningful, impactful, impact. Don't try to do that. No. Okay. Sorry. There's Maction tonight. <laughs> Let's set up the evening's action in both the NBA and the NHL. Let's get to the look ahead. The New Orleans Pelicans, two points favorites, hosting the Memphis Grizzlies. That's on TNT. Dallas, seven and a half point favorites at home against the Clippers. The Utah Jazz, minus four and a half, hosting the Knicks. Did you ever think you'd hear this? Sacramento Kings, favored by one and a half against the Brooklyn Nets. (laughs) Uh, And the Portland Trailblazers, minus seven and a half, hosting the Spurs. So you've got five games, five home favorites tonight in the NBA. A much larger slate on the ice tonight. The Canucks are at the Sabres. Buffalo minus 120, total of 6.5. Capitals visit the Panthers. Florida minus 195, total 6.5. The Devils, the hottest team in hockey, 12-3 on the season. They've won 12 of 13. Nine straight wins for the Devils. They're up in Montreal to take on the Canadiens. Jersey minus 178, total 6.5. Penguins host the Maple Leafs. A rematch of a game we saw about a week ago. Uh, Toronto minus 115, total of 6.5. The Stars are at the Lightning. Tampa minus 160, total of 6. Flyers visit the Blue Jackets. Columbus minus 110, total of 6.5. The Wild are at the Predators. Minnesota minus 120, total of 6. Red Wings visit the Ducks. Detroit minus 120, total 6.5. And And the Sharks are here in Vegas to take on the 13-3 Vegas Golden Knights. VGK minus 267, total of 6.5.
Don't forget, you can head to pregame.com and jump on board any package that you would like, whether it's a daily package, a monthly package, a season-long package, and we'll give you 20% off if you use the promo code JAVA20, J-A-V-A-20. Guys, this is the last day to use this coupon. Don't worry, I'll give you another one tomorrow, but this is the last day to use this coupon, so get 20% off. Use the promo code JAVA20, J-A-V-A-20. Get the most bang for your buck by doing a season-long subscription package. Mackenzie Rivers has his NBA package. AJ's got college basketball. I got the NHL rocking and rolling. So promo code J-A-V-A-20. That is at pregame.com. For AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas AM.